people of the internet. How's it going today? How you doing? I'm Billy Bones, and this is a walk through the mind. A moment where we can sit back, hang out, discuss a handful of ideas that have been bouncing around inside my skull, and see if we can't go out and take some of these talking points that I offer and go out and share them with friends and family and just kind of get that conversation started, get that, just the baseline conversation going. The other day, I finally got around to listening to Hotep Jesus on Joe Rogan and came across a piece of information, an educational lesson that I feel is worth repeating. Kind of gives a baseline for where I, where we start off today. But we've all heard, and not to make, you know, make fun of or, or reduce the the issue that's at hand. But, you know, we've all heard the stereotypical. I, I don't I don't know how to politely say this. We'll we'll drop it in as factual. That the man is keeping the black man down. Now I don't feel it needs to be stated, but I shall state it that I am I am not black in case you couldn't tell by my tenor, my accent, however you want to phrase it, not to be prejudiced in any way, obviously. Just cover the bases, right? Never know in this day and age. But we're keeping the black man down. We as in the general population, not just the white man, not the Asian man, not the black man, not the natives, not everybody. Everybody is collectively. And Hotep Jesus went into talking about how African Americans of the United States don't know their heritage. And we'll sit there and we can say that a lot of it has been erased more or less, through the lack of preservation of storytelling and family knowledge under slave ownership. There's no denying that there are a lot of African Americans that have, that are descendants of slaves. Will not, I can't deny that as far as my education goes. But Hotep Jesus went into talking about how they weren't, no one's told as a black black individual of their ancestors, of the kings and queens that used to rule around, used to be popular, or not popular, but uh, abundant. Joe Rogan came back and said, "There's there can only be one king or one queen. Uh, excuse me, there can be lots of several provinces that kings and queens can exist. King of your little state, your little statehood, right? Doesn't have to be continent-wide be territory-wide. You'd think of someone like the Nords or the, the Nordic Vikings or, or whatnot. They all had their selected leaders within their tribes. What's to stop them from calling them kings or queens? And we, he went on to talking about, you know, there's nothing to, or there's no say of black people circumnavigating the globe. He offered hints and tips about, uh, you know, you got, uh, there's a stone head in, head in Africa, stone sculpture. I forget the tribe name off the top of my head, but I'll, I'll do my best to find a picture and link it into the show notes. But there's a stone 
sculpture in South America and ancient, 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 you know, thousands and thousands of years old. And it has the, the, how do I phrase this without getting in trouble with everybody? I guess that's not possible. I don't want to call it stereotypical, but I can't think of any other word. And that's, and it's not to be a stereotype. It's a generalization. And that's what I do. We got to keep that in mind. I paint with broad brushes, not to be rude, but you know, you, you've got the, the bigger lips of an African-American or an African and you've got the, the broader nose. You've got the very specific hair, short and curly, right? Kind of what we, or me at least, as I would assume, you know, most uh, African-Americans, black people to have. Think of white people. I think of long, straight hair, sometimes curly, but definitely not as short and curly as you would see on your typical black or brown person. And Hotep Jesus goes on to talking about the number of slaves that actually made it over. He went into an argument uh, trying to say that uh, most of the slaves came from the people that were already here in the Americas, just kind of taken over. You would team up with this party over here, party A, say, let's take out your rival, party B. You and party A team up, take out party B. You run off with your selection of survivors as slaves, and then you turn around and you take out party A because they've been weakened by party B. And then you get to run along and repeat this process. Hotep Jesus story. Kind of makes sense in the terms of being a general and being out to conquer the world, conquer the the lower people, the lower status people as they would have seen it back in the day. And Joey Rogan sat there and tried to argue against it. And this is kind of, this is the the apex of the thought process, which I want to continue on with. Joe Rogan was sitting there going, you know, that's, that makes no sense. You know, we've all heard the story of the slave ships that would come from Africa and half the people would die and, and then they'd drop them off here in the United States or the colonies at that time to begin with and sell them off. And Hotep Jesus sit there going, no, why would you invest in 100% of your product only to sell half of it. That doesn't make any business sense. And through the process of the conversation, Jamie, Joe Rogan's producer, finds an article, and this one I will share with you, uh, from PBS, of all people, Public Broadcasting System. And it's a short little article, uh, if you will allow me to read it to you, by Henry Louis Gates Jr., titled, How Many Slaves Landed in the U.S.? And he says, perhaps you, like me, were raised essentially to think that, to think of the slave experience primarily in terms of our black ancestors here in the United States. In other words, slavery was primarily about us, right? From Crispus Catacus and Philip Wheatley, Benjamin, Benjamin Banneker and Richard Allen, all the way to Harriet Tubman, Sojourner of Truth and Frederick Douglass. Think of this as an instance of what we might think of as African-American exceptionalism. In other words, if it's the black experience, it's got to be about black Americans. We'll think again. 
The most comprehensive analysis of shipping records over the course of slave trade is the Transatlantic Slave Trade Database, edited by professors David Etlis and David Richardson. While the editors are careful to say that all of their figures are estimates, I believe that they are the best estimates that we would have, that we have, the proverbial gold standard in the field of study of slave trade. Between 1525 and 1866, in the entire history of the slave trade to the New World, according to the Transatlantic Slave Database, 12.5 million Africans were shipped to the New World. 10.7 million survived the dreaded Middle Passage, disembarking into North America, the Caribbean, and South America. In the final sentence in this, and how many of these 10.0 million Africans were shipped directly to North America? Only 388,000. That's right, a tiny percentage. That's the article. That's short and sweet. Like I said, I will, I will link that. You can feel free to specifically cross-check me or go back and cross-check him, the author. But when I heard that, when I heard that 388,000 out of 10.7 million, I was kind of taken aback. I grew up with the public school system here in the United States. I don't, I didn't at the time I heard it, and I still can't recall hearing about only 388,000 slaves making it to here in America. Now I sit here and I think, you know, well, maybe they didn't have to talk about that. Was that... Was that a necessary thing? Do we look at that as, well, you, I mean, they were all black. They were all slaves, of course. I mean, what else, you know, what else do you need to know? Everybody, everybody's a slave just because they're black. Now, that's not true. We, there are, were, they're no longer, excuse me. There were black individuals of prominence. There were black slave owners. Just alongside the whites, I can't say that they were treated as well as other white people. I don't believe that they were, but they, they I'm sure they held their ground. But through the eyes of Hotep Jesus, he was asking about, you know, again, how come we weren't told about this? You know, was this a lack of things? Is this a means as just to keep the black man down, just to sit there and go, you, you were a slave, deal with it. That's kind of enlightening, kind of sitting there going... You know, that's, that's pretty deep. And to kind of roll this on into more of my own thinking, not just, I'm not here to recite other people's information. I'll link the Hotep Jesus interview for you as well. Let him speak the words, not, not just me. I'm not here to plagiarize him. I'm here to spread the message. Talking points, right? We're here having a conversation. But the other week I watched Never Ending Story. And if you haven't seen it and you got kids, I'd, I recommend watching it. Wouldn't I, I watched it under nostalgic reasons. I, I wouldn't say I'd go out of my way to watch it otherwise. If you got young kids, I don't know, four, five, six, seven, ten, maybe upwards of 12. It's about the time when I watched it. It's a story about a young kid who's kind of low on the totem pole of the social status. Kind of a rough time in his life. Goes out and hijacks a book. Spoiler alerts, in case you were curious. But the movie's been out for a couple decades now. But in the process of reading this book, 
he discovers his inner warrior, discovers that he's able to stand up for himself and stand up for what's right and believe in things. You know, positive messaging for kids. Fun imaging for adults, but general, I would say it's a, it's a good family movie. But towards the end of the movie, there is a character. There's the... It, let me step back just a, just a little bit more. Give a little backstory on this, this clip that I'm about to play. The story within the book takes place in a fictional land, and it's being taken over by the nothing in this Fantasia place, this fictional land. It's all the dreams, all the fairies and the giants and the monsters and the fantastic things that people dream of, humans dream of. And this nothing is sweeping through, erasing everything. It's being, Fantasia is disappearing because people have forgotten how to dream believe, imaginate, if that's even a word, imagine. And so our hero of the book steps in and confronts one of the the bad one of the bad guys working with the nothing. And I will let him take over from here. People have begun to lose their hopes and forget their dreams. So the nothing grows stronger. What is the nothing? It's the emptiness that's left. It is like a despair destroying this world. And I have been trying to help it. But why? Because people who have no hopes are easy to control. And whoever has the control has the power. So whoever has the control has the power. Who's controlling, you know, the history? Who's controlling the story, the the expansion, the belief in our own minds? Who's enabling us or in a roundabout way disabling us? One of the easier answers I would say would be something like partisan politics where they keep everybody separated, keep everybody fighting amongst themselves without sharing ideas, without reaching across that aisle. That's politics. Politics is dirty, and it's all about getting the support base and donations. It's an easy one. And in our time of fake news, you have partisan media only choosing to report on one side or the other, and by partisan I mean opinion media. That's what a lot of shows have become. I listen to a local radio show, and they report a lot of local me- local stuff. A lot of it's going on. A lot of what's going on, but it's not just straight news. It's not nonfiction. You read a nonfiction book, and it's dry and it's blah. I don't want to read this. I don't want to listen to these people just tell me, you know, something happened. We all like excitement. And so our choice of news usually swings one way or the other. Maybe they forget. Maybe they choose not to. Or maybe they overlook it because they're looking at their own preferred news sources. Now, what about, like, the dilution of information? Here we are in the age of the Internet. We've got 
facts abound as long as we're willing to look for them. One of the things we can go back to is the story of the 388,000 slaves. Again, you go go ahead and prove me wrong, prove prove the author wrong, prove whoever wrong. Show me otherwise. I'm I'm open to being educated. But here we have again this Tower of Babel our our means to communicate and educate and speak with one voice. And again that dilution of information. There's a lot out there. There's a lot. You can find things to support you. You can find things to disagree with you. You can find things that are factual on both sides of that argument and things that are unfactual on both sides of that argument. And not to, again, not to pull away from the plight of the black man, if I may be so bold to say that, but how as us, the general collective, from lowly peasant to financial gods or who, however you want to phrase those people all the way up at the top, those 1%, the 1% of the 1% of the 1%, those. How are we all being kept in the dark? What are we being kept in the dark from? You got something that you believe that we're all being kept in the dark from? There's something you want to share? You want me to look into, expand the thought process of us all, communicate, shout from my lowly soapbox, you let me know. You hit me up. Or you take these talking points and you go out and you you just spark that conversation. We'll keep it civil. We'll have fun. We're not here to start fights. We're not just trying to get educated. All of us. All at the same time. I'm Billy Bones. B-I-L-L-Y-B-O-N the number three S you find me on Twitter at Billy Bones I got a website BillyBones.com go there check out older podcasts go there you find the link to the discord server email me you let me know get in contact I'll talk to you guys next week love you